0: Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I'm really, really excited about tonight. I really am. This is good. Is this for me? As I said, I've been very busy and so I haven't been able to eat like I would normally eat, so just bear with me as I just catch up on a little bit of dinner. Probably shouldn't have gone for the banana. It's a little bit um, gluggy. Stupid idea. But it is a good banana nonetheless. So we're going to continue our series tonight, which is paralleling our series in the morning called Solutions, Finding Solutions for the Soul. And Pastor Phil did an incredible job this morning unpacking a heavy soul, because he's the heaviest. That's what you said. I didn't say that. We never, even, we never even thought about that, but you did bring a good point, I thought. So just... I thought you did a really weighty job this morning. I really did. So that it's great. It was a great message. And please get on our podcast channel or on our website and download that message. Because this, I believe, this particular series, coupled with what I'm sharing at night, will, not can, will change your life if you apply it to your life. What we've learned and what we've reiterated over and over and over again is that we are a spirit that owns a soul that lives in a body. And our soul consists of our mind, our will and our emotions. And if we are led by our mind, our will and our emotions, we will not go far in life. Because we will only ever be led by what we think, what we feel and what we want to do. And you never achieve much in life if you only ever do what you think, what you feel and what you want to do. And God speaks to us. By his spirit to our spirit. And once we've connected with God through his spirit, the Holy Spirit, hence why we're doing this subject tonight, we can then take leadership of our lives and lead our mind, lead our emotions, and lead our will and lead our bodies and bring those things into line with God's good, perfect, and pleasing will and have a fruitful prosperous, God-filled life. And we can be truly Spirit-led Christians instead of soul-led Christians. I know so many Christians today that are led by their soul and the confusing thing is they add Scripture to their lives. But if we're honest, we're not being Spirit-led, we're being soul-led. I don't want to go to church. And then we put a Scripture to that. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, so I'm going to sit at home. That's not what the Scriptures are saying. Because there's a spirit inside of us that wants to connect with God. And I believe there's a spirit saying, come on, let's get to church. And the Saying, like, oh, I don't want to go to church. And the mind's going, I don't want to go into church. And we have to connect with God in order to bring leadership and authority over our own lives. Because if you can't lead your own lives, you can't lead anybody else. And that's why I'm so excited about these two... Um, a series that we're doing dovetailing together because I believe it can and will change your life if we apply it. And so this series is about rediscovering and knowing and experiencing. Everyone say, experiencing. It's not just enough to know, we need to experience the incredible power of the person of the Holy Spirit. And week one, we looked at the theology of the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is. And then last week, we looked at the role of the Holy Spirit, that He empowers, He comforts, He guides, and He convicts. He convicts. He convicts us of our wrongdoing. And that's why we feel guilt. Because guilt is God's mechanism of helping us to realise we've done the wrong thing. Guilt is not bad. Guilt is God's way of getting our attention, letting us know that we have done a bad thing. And if you feel bad about doing something bad, that's good. But it's when we feel good about doing something bad, that's bad. And so God gives us His Holy Spirit to bring conviction so we feel the guilt in order to come back to God. So that we can surrender our sin to Him, that we could be forgiven and that we could get back on track again. That's God's plan and purpose. Shame, however, is not the same as guilt. Guilt is what God uses to bring us back to God. Shame is when we're led by our soul and we are led by our emotions and we allow shame to stick to us and we go down the line that thinks and feels that because we've messed up, we are a mistake. I've made a mistake, so I am a mistake. I did bad, so I am bad. That's where shame, and last week we had an incredible breakthrough of seeing shame broken off people's lives. And I'm believing that theme will continue tonight, that we could continue not just to be set free, but that we could stay free. Jesus came to set each and every one of us free, but we also need to learn how to stay free. Jesus comes to set us free, but the Holy Spirit wants to lead us so that we can stay free. Everyone shout out, stay free. It's not enough just to be set free back in 1972. What a great year that was that Jesus came and set me free and now I've been in bondage ever since. That is not good. That's bad. We want to be set free and we want to stay free. And the Holy Spirit wants to come and speak to our spirit so that we can not only be set free, but that we can stay free. And so please... Get on our podcast channel, get on the website, listen to these messages over and over again. Feed your spirit with these truths. Which brings me to part three, and we're going to be looking at the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I want to turn to Galatians chapter 5, and please follow with me if you would on your Bibles or your iPads or here on the screen. And Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, So I say, Live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Isn't it amazing? That's what I've just said. Spirit wants to go to church, body, mind, emotion. I don't want to go. That's what Paul is saying here as he writes to the Galatians. He says, They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. And he lists them here. Tell me if there's anything new here. He says, sexual immorality. Is that a thing of the past? See, the Bible's not an old, fuddy duddy book that's out of date and antiquated. Paul was dealing with the same issues back then. Why? Because we're dealing with the same thing, the sinful nature. And the sinful nature wants the opposite of what God wants for us the spirit wants to have intimacy with god and the body just wants you know to have sexual relations with others nothing new here impurity debauchery idolatry witchcraft hatred who would have thought there's a new one we don't deal with that today do we all the nations get on really well north korea america best buddies no hatred there nothing's new Please don't tell me the Bible does not apply today. Discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Sorry, just, just, I need my medication. It's all right. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. Drunkenness, not here in Australia. No way. I can't even mention the next one in church. Orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Ah, but the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. Why do I know these things off the top of my head? Because we used to sing songs. And they're just stuck. They are there for all time and eternity in my head. It's so good. It says, Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we are led by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. See, life by the Spirit, or sorry, live by the Spirit, and we can overcome the desires of the flesh. See, the Bible does not promise that we won't have those desires. Maybe some of you were struggling with certain thoughts and desires and you gave your life to Jesus hoping that those desires would pass away and not be there anymore, tormenting you. And you found, you woke up the next morning, they're still there. Yeah, they are. They are. And God in His wisdom and sovereignty has given us His Holy Spirit to help us overcome those desires, not take them away, but to overcome God wants to help us overcome our impure thoughts. God wants to help us overcome our struggles, our temptations, the things that want to trip us up. And so He gives us His Holy Spirit to empower us to overcome the flesh and not do bad things and not do the things that we don't want to do. It's a great victory when we don't do the things that we don't want to do. But as good as that is, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be known as a person, and I certainly don't want to be known as a church that just doesn't do bad things. You know, I I don't want to be the person who is known for not doing bad things, e.g., I haven't killed anyone. Well, I mean, that's good, but if that's all you've got, there's more. You know, I've never been drunk. I never smoked a cigarette. That's okay. But if that's all you've got as a Christian, if that's all you can offer people, that I never killed anyone, I've never been drunk and I've never smoked. She's like, yeah, and? I mean, it's good. It's a great place to start. Not doing some of those things that are unhelpful and unhealthy to our bodies, that's good. But I want to add to not doing bad things and I want to start doing good things positive things, helpful things, things that make a difference in my life and in other people's lives. I want to be known for someone who not only doesn't do bad things, but actually does good things and even great things. And the Holy Spirit is the one who enables us to produce fruit. When you are led by the Spirit of God, it will produce something in your life. It won't just take away things. It won't help you just to overcome things and and not do certain things. It will actually produce certain things in your life. And the Bible calls those good things fruit. Everyone say fruit. fruit. And these nine fruits of the Spirit that the Bible highlights can be broken into three categories. The first one is an upward focus. It's the God aspect of our Christian life. And they are love, Joy and peace. When we walk with the Holy Spirit, when we stay in step with Him, we find that He will put into our hearts and our lives a deposit of love. And this is not just a, a natural love. This is a supernatural love. The Greek word is agape. It's a God love. It's the love that enables us to love not just those that love us, but love those that don't love us. The Bible says that we are to love our enemies, and you can't do that in your own strength. But when the Holy Spirit is leading your life and leading my life, we find that we have this supernatural love that enables us to endure people with their bad attitudes and with their issues and accusations against us, and we find that we're like Teflon, it doesn't stick, not because we are something special, but because we have a power on the inside of us. And and this is the fruit that is produced in our lives when we stay in step with the Holy Spirit. We find that we have a love that we didn't have before. And we also have a joy. See, true love brings joy. Like I said before, when you have peace, Which is the third one, when you have a true peace, there is a joy that comes with that, if it's true peace. You know, we never say, you know, sing this song so intense. I mean, really? Why is it so intense? Peace, peace, still. (laughs) No! That's not peace, that's constipation. That's a piece of, you know, it's just wrong. It's wrong. The Spirit produces a supernatural love. The Spirit produces a supernatural joy. The Spirit produces a supernatural peace. When the circumstances would suggest anything but... A peaceful environment or a joyful environment. It's Paul and Silas in the jail cell at the midnight hour. They find themselves singing songs of joy to God. Why? Because they're not living in the natural realm. In the natural realm, they're in prison. In the natural realm, they've been beaten. In the natural realm, they're hungry, they're tired, they're sore, they're hurting, they're disillusioned in the natural. But as they are led by the Spirit of God, they find this supernatural love. This supernatural joy, this supernatural peace. And this is not just for two guys called Paul and Silas. This is for you and it's for you and it's, and it's even for you. It's for us. It's for each and every one of us. If we would live by the Spirit, we can have these aspects or God-like qualities in our lives. Secondly, it's the upward focus. It's the people aspect of our Christianity. It's the the part that benefits and helps others. And it's the patience. You know, I've said many times before, I'm not a patient person by nature. And yet, by the grace of God, and as I am continually led by His Spirit, I find I have a track record of patience. Why? Because it's not me living, it's not my desires, it's not my will and my emotions having its own way. It's me surrendering to the Holy Spirit and I find my nature that is impatient gives way to the Holy Spirit who is patient. And so I have a track record that suggests a patient life. And all glory goes to Him. And that can be true for you. So if you find yourself being a very impatient person, and if we're honest, that's probably most of us in the room, then as we are led by the Spirit of God, He will give us the fruit of patience in our lives. That ability to keep going and not giving up. Eugene Peterson says that patience is long obedience in the same direction. Long obedience in the same direction. We just get up and we keep doing what we've said we would do. We just keep doing it. We just keep doing it. We just keep doing it. One day we wake up and we're faithful. The next day we wake up and we're faithful. The next day we wake up and we're faithful. The next day we wake up and we're faithful. Hey, in the natural, we wanted to give up years ago. But because we are not led by the flesh that wants to give up and give in, but we're led by the Spirit, we just wake up again and we're faithful. We wake up again and we're faithful. We wake up again and we're faithful. And all of a sudden, five years goes by and 10 years go by and 20 years go by and say, my God, I never thought I could have done that. And the Holy Spirit says, you can't like that. Oh, you can't. You can't. And they go, wow, it's true. I actually can't, but, but I did. I can't, but I did. Thank you. Because I'm not being led by the flesh. Because over the 23 years that we've been going as a church, my flesh wanted to give up many times. I didn't always feel like coming to church, but I had to because I was preaching. This is a good thing. Kindness and goodness. Goodness is simply love in action. And these qualities are the qualities or the fruit that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in my life and your life. And thirdly, there's the inward focus, the self aspect of the Christian life. The faithfulness the humility, and the self-control. Oh my goodness me. If there's something we need to see, if there's fruit that the church needs to display more than ever before, it's self-control. Not just blown here and there by every wind of doctrine, but holding a steady course, holding a steady line. I remember watching many war movies growing up. It's kind of what we did, and we made model planes, and it was kind of like the culture of the Rainbow House. Uh, Pete was right into the army. Baz loved the army. I mean, if you know Baz, he just loves, loves, loves the army, and I think I just got caught up in that. And so we had army outfits. We, had the, we would go to the army disposals, and we'd buy helmets and canteens and belts. The only thing we didn't buy was guns. But uh, we, had all the, we had all the gear, and You know, we'd play these army games where we'd be at the front of the house, and, and, and my brothers and their friends would go at the back of the house, and we'd come and Get them and go, ah, all that kind of stuff. That was, that's how we, we didn't have Nintendo. We we played armies. That's what we did because we were so poor. <laughs> we, we, we did. We played armies and we watched lots of army films. And I, and I remember one particular film was Zulu. And I remember these red coats. Being outnumbered by the Zulus and the Zulus were running at them and this British officer standing there steady lads steady and these guys are just running at them and they're steady and I think it's a great picture and I've reminded myself of that picture over and over again when my emotions want to go here when my mind is going crazy and my body wants to run I find my spirit going steady lads Steady. There's all these people running at you. There's all these problems running at you. There's all these debts running at you. Steady, lads. I, I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, steady, lads and lassies. steady don't be led I I know you want to shoot your gun right now I know you want to run away right now you might even be tempted to turn the gun on yourself steady lads steady Holy Spirit wants to bring fruit and as we keep step with the Spirit of God, we'll find that our life won't just be known for the absence of certain things, but our life will become known for what it's produced in our lives. So, wow! Can't, I can't believe I can't believe you're still leading that church, man. Wow, Dan! I can't believe you still go to church you are you still in youth ministry? Really? Don't you know the statistic is two years and people are out and you're still going. Wow. Something's been produced in you. I want to be known as a person and I want to be known as a church that has produced fruit over the years. That we don't run off with this thing. Run off with that thing. Do you know there's a new iPhone that's come out recently. And there'll be another one in six months and another one after that. And to you, I'd say, steady, lads. <laughs> you don't need it. Yeah. Like, I've got to have it, I've got to have it, I've got to have it. <laughs> steady. <laughs> ben, steady. He's like, oh, <laughs> And for those of you who are still on Android, the Holy Spirit's saying, change phones. <laughs> We need self-control. Who would agree with me? Am I just talking to myself? Is this... Because I feel like I'm preaching really well tonight, but you can kind of like... <laughs> See, right now, my body wants to run home, but my spirit's like steady. Just love them anyway. (laughs) And so here, in my next 10 minutes, I want to go through some things that I've learnt about fruit. Because if we're to produce fruit, Paul doesn't waste his words. The Holy Spirit doesn't waste his words. And so when Paul likens the work of the Holy Spirit as fruit, I think there's something we can learn from fruit to teach us a lesson. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't have used fruit as the example or illustration. So real quick, number one, fruit is grown, not made. Fruit is grown, not made. See, fruit grows when it's connected to a life source, For fruit to grow, it has to be connected to a tree or a vine. It has to be connected to a life source. Fruit does not grow by itself. And man with its best efforts cannot make an apple. Fruit is organic. And the life of the fruit comes by being connected to a life source. This apple as rich and as delicious as it looks, if I leave that for a week or two or three, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse because it's been cut from the life source. If you want to produce fruit, fruit of the Holy Spirit, these nine fruits that we've talked about. If you want to produce that, you've got to stay connected to the life source. And the life source is the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. You cannot be patient when you are living an independent life from the Holy Spirit. You can't wake up every morning, ignore the Holy Spirit and expect to have love and goodness and kindness and expect to be patient. You can't. You can't do it and I can't do it. And if you're finding yourself being impatient, that's a wake up call. That's God getting your attention saying, hey, Come on, remember me. And so it's with good reason I would encourage every one of you to wake up in the morning and let your first thought be a God thought and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. I think it'd be a great practice for us to get in the habit of saying good morning to the Holy Spirit, welcoming Him into our lives so that we stay connected to Him. Otherwise, we're going to become as rotten as this apple because it's been cut from the life source. Number 2 fruit only grows in certain conditions Fruit only grows in certain conditions <sighs> Did not expect it to be that difficult A pineapple grows in warm, high humid environments. These do not grow in the South Pole. These do not grow in the North Pole. They grow in places like far North Queensland. Because certain fruit is only produced in certain conditions. And if we want the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we have to place ourselves in certain conditions. We have to place ourselves in certain environments. Can you imagine a farmer going to the North Pole and planting uh, his pineapple bushes or trees, and, and and complaining that they're not growing, that they're not producing fruit? You know, say, "Well, where, where did you plant them?" Well, I went to the North Pole. And I said, "Well, that's probably the problem. It's not the right environment. It's not the right condition." And I say to people, "So, Christianity's not working for me. I, I struggle to apply Christian principles to my life." I say, "So, so what are you doing?" How much time do you spend in the Word of God? Well, not much. How much do you spend on time on television? Oh, heaps. That's not the best environment for you to grow a relationship with the Holy Spirit if you're always on social media, if you're always on the television, if you're always at nightclubs, if you're always around your friend's home. There's certain environments that will cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit that will produce fruit. And if we're not in the right environment, and that's why I'm a great believer in getting to church, it was interesting to me that Paul and John, in Acts chapter three, it says, "They went to the place it says it was the time that they went to the place to pray." In other words, both Paul, Peter and John had a time and a place that they went to pray. Do you have a time and a place, or do you only have a time and a place when you feel like it? See, my mornings, I have a time and a place where I meet with God. The first thing I do is meet with God. Because I want to cultivate an environment that produces fruit in keeping with a lifestyle of the Holy Spirit. And I prioritise what I'm doing on Sunday. There's lots of things that vie for my attention as there is yours. But there are certain environments that will cultivate fruit and there are certain environments that will kill fruit. These are the things that fruit have taught me. Number three, fruit only grows... On certain trees. <laughs> Deep, I know. I know I'm just blowing your minds right now. But an apple tree produces apples. You know that. And a pear tree produces pears. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, it says, It's by their fruit that you will recognize them, it's by their fruit. That you'll recognize them. You see, we don't want to be people that talk about our Christianity, but no one ever would have recognized that we were Christians. Because yeah. they look at the fruit of our lives. Yeah, come on. You look at a pear and, and you, you say, Oh wow, well, I, I can see that you've obviously come from over there on that pear tree. And, and you get an apple, and you say, Well, I can see that you obviously came from over there on the apple tree. Because certain trees produce certain fruits. And so it is with our lives, our lives should produce fruit in keeping with what we say. It's by the fruit that you recognize. And there are plenty of people today. You ask most people, the census will tell you uh, that there are X amount of Christians. And that's not reflected in church attendance. It's not reflected in giving. It's not reflected in lifestyle. And she said, don't be fooled by what people say. Look for the fruit. Because it's by the fruit that you will recognise them. This apple can tell you all he likes. I came from over there. No, that's a pear tree. You're an apple. That's a pear tree. There's no way you came off that tree. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. I did so. No, you didn't. You came from over there. What an indictment to tell someone, you go to church every week say, really, You? The guy, the, the guy that leads all the dirty jokes, the guy, the ones that are showing us stuff on the internet. Uh, you, you come from over there, really? I would have thought you come from over there, because yeah. yeah. it's fruit that indicates where you've come from. Yeah, it's good. Come on. It's good. Number four, two more. Let's get the band up here. Fruit produces fruit. <laughs> See, if I was to cut this apple up, you would see that there's seeds inside the apple. And so within each piece of fruit is the ability to reproduce itself. And this is where it gets really exciting and really dangerous. Because whatever you are is what you'll produce. Inside of us is the ability to reproduce ourselves. And that's really powerful if it's good. If we love Jesus and we've got some incredible testimonies, that, uh, testimonies of breakthrough and provision, uh, and if we have within us these fruit of love and joy and peace, if we have love in us, guess what? We have the ability to reproduce that love in others. Yeah. Because like begets like. And if you have joy inside of you, you have the seed inside of you to give joy to others. Yeah. Have you ever been in a room where someone starts laughing? And they're laughing. And then you end up laughing at them laughing because watching them laugh is just funny. It's contagious. Because in our lives is the ability to reproduce after ourselves. And if I've got joy overflowing in me, it's contagious. If I've got this fruit inside of me that's called love, then it's contagious. If I'm patient, then inside of me is the ability to speak in a way that helps you be more patient. But if I'm bitter... If I'm twisted, if I'm hurt, they say hurt people, hurt people. Because that seed that's inside of them has the potential to go on to someone else. And that works for good and for bad. Why? Because fruit produces fruit. You take these seeds outside of this apple. You plant them into the ground. You water them. You speak over them. You love on them. And you will get an apple tree. You won't get a pear tree. You won't get a banana tree. Bush. Palm. Banana palms. You'll get what's on the inside. Are you with me? And lastly, fruit is for nourishment. Fruit is for nourishment. Fruit is to be enjoyed. It's to be eaten. I've just done what I said I wouldn't do. (laughs) It's not there just to look good. Have you been to some homes? You think, oh, wow, your fruit looks good. And you grab it. Oh, it feels a bit lighter. And it's just plastic. I hate that. For all of you, plastic fruit owners out there, get rid of it! Because you know why? Because until I saw the fruit, I didn't want fruit. And then I see this fruit bright yellow bananas, bright red apples. And, and your fake fruit put this idea in my head, oh, I'd like a piece of fruit. I wasn't thinking it before. But because you put it on display, I thought, oh, I, I don't mind if I do. Only to find it's fake. Before I saw the fruit, I was content. But you offered me something that I thought would nourish my soul, thought would help me. And when I picked it up, it was nothing but plastic. And I think probably the biggest problem in the church today is the church today. Because I think if we're honest with ourselves, some of the fruit in our lives is just plastic. And I think there's a lost, hurting world out there that desperately need their souls nourishing. And they're looking to the church for help and for hope. And I don't want to be the church that offers a fake hope. I take it very seriously when people come to this church for the first time, broken, lost, hurting, and confused just hoping maybe, just maybe, just maybe there is, this. maybe this place is the place where I can find some peace. And they walk into us squabbling. They walk into us fighting over chairs. They walk into us being anything but what they were hoping to find. And it's more disappointing because they was expecting more. I know the church gets a bad rap because we don't always live up to our expectation. But can we flip that around for a moment and say, well, the high expectation that's on the church is because people have a high expectation of the church. They want us to succeed because if the church succeeds, it gives them a hope. They might not join. They might not like us. But I think secretly, they want to know that, you know what, if and when I'm ready, I want to know that I can go to something. So I think secretly... Even those that don't want church right now, they want to know that there is an answer. Yeah. Yeah. And even if they're not ready today or tomorrow, this week, next year, I, I think secretly they're thinking, when I need it, I want to be able to go to a place that I can lean on. And when that time comes, I don't want them to lean on something fake. Yeah. When they're ready to be nourished, when they're ready to take a bite, when they're ready to have a meal, I want them to walk into something that's real and delicious